1: There comes one of them now. Hey everybody, it's Grimlock here with Jazzy Fiddle. Hey it's everybody. Not, it's it's not Tuesday. What are we doing here? Why it's, do you look like a weirdo with a beanie over your Astros? Um,
0: it's the new style, alright? You put your Astros on and then the beanie over it.
1: Get on my level. Oh <laughs> shit. I need a beanie then. Yeah. Well, what are we doing here on this Thursday night? Recording. Um,
0: We have some news that deserves some special attention.
1: Just a little bit. So the other night we uh, we learned that there was rumor that Nintendo was going to be making an announcement. The rumor then slowly became fact when Nintendo hit Twitter and teased the world saying Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. We're going to talk about the NX, finally. And we
0: were like, no, you're not.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, so, uh, it happened. We have a name for it. We have some details, but it was not a direct. It was just a three-minute, slightly over 3 minutes, uh, teaser trailer. Yep, but we thought it was uh, big enough news. We we saw the uh, the news and the social media and everything blow up about it. So we wanted to get into the studio and record a small minicast that we're titling the Nintendo Switch fan reaction minicast. Oh, I like right.
0: it. It's like a description of what it is. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Jesse, you are so
1: <laughs> amped up right now. I can tell. <laughs> Amped up on cocaine or something—I don't know—but all right. So we wanted to get into this. We want to talk a little bit about it. We have a bunch of fan reaction that uh, chimed in over Instagram, Facebook, email. We we had a lot of people chime in from all over the place. We want to thank them, and we're gonna we're gonna use their comments throughout the show. But let's talk about the announcement and what the device is so far, because we don't know everything. First of all. It's called the Nintendo Switch. Yes. I like that
0: name way better than what I was going to assume they were going to be the NX. I thought they were going to keep it that.
1: I don't I mean they've never done that, but I guess like it could have happened, but uh, I mean the
0: Wii and the Wii U for crying out loud. Like it just made sense. Yeah, but sense. they both had
1: they both had uh project names as well. The Wii was actually called the Revolution. Right. I don't know what the Wii U was. Stupid. That's what it was probably. <laughs> stu I like the Wii U, but, but everything Nintendo did with it was stupid. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's called the Nintendo Switch. And the reason it's called that is because of its gimmick, if you want to call it that, or its modular ability. Yep. So, this is a uh, handheld console featuring two detachable pieces that can act as individual controllers, and they are calling them Joy-Cons. They are called the Joy-Con L and the Joy-Con R. For left and right, if you didn't figure that out. And a TV-connected dock for playing on the big screen. Uh, its physical games will come in the form of cartridges. Cartridges, yep. So with that is also a rumor that's been floating around and is now confirmed. And it is similar to the ones used on the 3DS as far as size-wise. We don't know. We don't have any specs on it, we don't know how it's going to work, but. Size-wise from the video, we can see that it is equivalent to a 3DS yeah. chip, but it's a small little guy. So let's talk about the name. We start The video starts off, and you see someone sitting on a couch with a controller in their hand playing Zelda. Yep. And it looks pretty normal. We've seen plenty of videos of Zelda. It looks good. We're all excited for it. And then his dog barks, and he gets up. And all of a sudden, slides two pieces off of the controller into, and all of a sudden, the controller is now just a piece of plastic. Yeah, it's like a shell. And or you're a like, skeleton. and then he takes those and slides them onto the side of this hub that is sitting by his TV. And when he pulls this device out of the hub, it has a screen on it, just kind of reminding you of a thinner, sexier Wii U pad. Yeah, it's like a six to seven inch tablet, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, And then you see him go out to the park, ignore his dog, and play more Zelda in the park. Right. Yeah, because, you know, his dog needed him
0: to take care of him, so he took his video game and his dog to the park and continued to ignore his dog because he was playing video games.
1: (laughs) Right. So, um, I'm excited for this device, but I am going to make fun of the video because a lot of it was pretty ridiculous, but Nonetheless, they wanted to show off the concept of their device. I get it. The idea here is it is a home console and a portable console. It is the hybrid that we've been hearing so much about. What are your first thoughts when you heard Switch and you instantly saw why it's called Switch? Um,
0: I guess my f- initial reaction when I f- when I first started to watch the video was I was super excited. A, because we're finally getting some sort of information on on Nintendo's new products. So I was already amped, hyped. I didn't believe that they were going to. I thought this was going to be another, oh, well, we rumored it. Somebody hacked into our Twitter account. This isn't actually going to happen. And then when uh, it started up and they actually threw the video up there, I was, like, super hyped. Um, Watching him slide the two mini controllers, I guess you could call them, just so we don't confuse everyone. Out of, like, the little controller skeleton and then put them into his, like, tablet or the actual switching of it was just super cool. Love that idea. Love the concept. Um, I don't know how I feel about the MIDI controllers used not inside of either the skeleton or on the actual tablet itself because you can utilize them like free-floating.
1: Right, and so we haven't we haven't uh, explained that. These these little devices that slide off the side of the uh, system and that can be plugged in to form a full controller also can be used as individual controllers. So when you buy the Nintendo Switch, you technically will start with two uh, Joy-Cons, two controllers. And the idea here is you can take your your switch, your Nintendo Switch with you, and when you're, you know, at lunch and you pull it out, it has a kickstand, you set it up there, you pull these off, and you hand one to your friend, you have the other one, and you both play Mario Kart. It, that that's the idea. It's it's more it's like a Wiimote almost, you know, with a joystick on it instead of a yep. D pad. And it's interesting it's pretty cool we saw a lot of clips of it a lot of like instances of it in the video where uh, there's a bunch of friends playing basketball and they stop and two of them pull out you know two Nintendo switches they sit them down face you know back to back and hand out four controllers because two each and then you know they basically play two on two basketball on the switch right there on the basketball court now I probably would say, "Hey, let's just play more real basketball." But the idea is to again show the product off. It is cool in the sense that local multiplayer seems to be a focus point here, and it seems to be a forgotten piece everywhere else. So the local multiplayer aspect, the couch multiplayer aspect, uh, is it's a it's a fresh. It's it's nice to see it coming back. Yeah, it's
0: it's. The best way I can describe it is it's couch co-op or couch
1: multiplayer, mobile anywhere. Yeah, and uh, the other thing I would say is that the concern of the controller is is justified because they look small, you know. So I think if you have friends and and you're going to be playing this, you're probably all going to be carrying around a nintendo switch pro controller which they also showed off which is a full-fledged just legit controller that looks a lot like a an xbox 360 or an xbox one controller the they they went away from both joysticks being on top of the controller to having them being offset again uh similar to the xbox 360 style so that's cool uh if you want to not use the joy cons but in like the quick you know the quick fix where you're just out uh, you know my big thought was I'm going to take this thing to work every day I sit down in the lunchroom I'm playing a game Ethan walks up to me and says hey can I jump in I throw him a Joy-Con and we're playing Mario Kart or Splatoon or something you know on the, together right. that's pretty cool that concept right there is super cool so but the big piece of this is it's your portable it's your It's your home console, and that means that when you grab it to take with you the quality of game that you're playing on your big screen TV is the quality of game that you're playing on the go. And that is one thing that we've been missing from the gaming industry. We've had handhelds, and we've had home consoles. We've even had remote play with PlayStation Vita, but nothing has been able to really perform where it's like, hey, what I'm playing when I'm sitting on my couch or in my gaming chair is not the same when I pick up my DS or my Vita. Yep. It's just not. Or my iPad. It just, they, they, It's different. And this is looking to close that gap and really say, hey, when I'm playing Zelda here, and I'm playing Zelda in the park, it's the same exact thing. And that's pretty cool. So, let's touch on cartridges a little bit. You know, the rumor was cartridges. We've now seen that it is indeed cartridges. And... Everybody wants to freak out about cartridges because they think about the last time that Nintendo held on to cartridges too long when everybody else went to disc. It's a different world out there now. Okay, solid state memory is dirt cheap. You can go buy a 32 gig, 64 gig SD card for nothing. So for Nintendo to take, when when they say cartridge, it could very well be an SD card it very well could be hey yeah it's an hd game it's on a 64 bit 64 bit sd card you know maybe it's pr- propri- uh, proprietary in some way but it's that idea that you go slide that card in if it's solid state memory it's faster than a disk there's nothing that beats solid state right now mm-hmm. so you throw that in there there's no load times things are instantaneous it, it, it like the possibilities of this could be huge now the question then becomes when for a developer Right, that's where it comes down to, is that does the developer have to change the way they make their game for it to work on the cartridge versus work on? Yeah, so either it it doesn't affect them that much, or
0: some of the big boys that uh, got involved with this don't care that they're going to have to make their game a little bit differently for uh, both your cartridge-based systems, which the Switch is going to be, and then obviously your disc systems, which the Xbox One and Sony PlayStation R um so your Activision Bethesda so it's either A you know they don't care and the, they have no problems with making it both ways or B it's it's not going to be a major change for them
1: Yeah I uh true or they see yeah they see potential and they're willing to put a little bit of extra work in it. I don't know I think the idea is that they pro- that Nintendo made it easy for them to uh, get their games onto these cartridges but uh, you're seeing you know obviously all the big boys Bethesda, EA, all those but you're also seeing you know from software uh, you're seeing level five you're seeing um, a, a, I mean a bunch you can head if you head over to our social media, we have a, a list of all the third party support but it goes on and on there's a good 30 40 uh, companies already signed on to work with Switch. So, that's impressive. I'm excited. They already, you know, in the video, they show Skyrim. You know, so that, like, again, or they sh- Elder Scrolls, it looked like Skyrim, but I'm just going to say Elder Scrolls. They showed um, some other games that we'll talk about here in a minute, but the idea of seeing a game that, you know, has never really made its presence onto a uh, Nintendo platform is promising. So,
0: yeah, I think that was the my most excited thing was... <laughs> After watching it, I kind of like the hype the hype was kind of gone. I was like, "Oh, maybe, you know, I, I have to realize this is a teaser trailer. It, it just showed off kind of what the what the switch is and why they call it the switch. You know, don't don't get too down on the fact that, you know, I have all these questions and and I wanted more answers. But then we get the information that the third-party companies are going to support Nintendo and immediately went, "Finally. Like Nintendo you need to get something else aside from your basic Nintendo stuff onto your system.
1: Yeah, I mean that's always been one of their one of their uh, issues is third party support. Now I buy Nintendo. I'll still like I would still buy a Switch if you told me that you're you know Metroid and Zelda and all these things were happening. Like I still would buy it. And of course we got the huge announcement that launched you know and we and we kind of saw this coming launch title Zelda Breath of the Wild. It was confirmed before the Nintendo Switch video launched. So it is confirmed to be a launch title for the uh, Nintendo Switch. Yep. So already you have a blockbuster right out the gate. That's huge for you uh, coming. Also, the release month. We don't have an exact day, but the month of March 2017. Yep. So, and a lot, again, these were rumored that this was going to happen. Sure enough, turns out the rumors were accurate. So.
0: Yep. Yeah I, I wasn't very surprised at all To uh, come to find That it was going to be a launch title With yeah. the Switch I so- kind of expected it really
1: Right. I'm going to get a little fan interaction going here. We had you chime in on social media and email access about what you thought. What was your reaction to this? We're going to start with Xander, but the first thing I want to do is talk about, you're going to hear the word homeboy used a lot. If you have not listened to our normal GameZilla podcast on every Tuesday, then you missed the idea where uh, our producer, Ethan, thought a great name for it would be homeboy. Of course he was kidding, but it picked up, and a lot of our fans like to joke around with it. So you're going to hear that reference in some of these uh, some of these messages from them. But I want to start off with Xander, because he said, My initial thoughts on the Homeboy were not positive. But the less I think of it as a home council with portable capabilities, and the more I think of it the other way around, the more excited I get. I love my 3DS and I have always thought the Wii U would be better if I could take it on the go. This might actually get me to put to put more time into Nintendo titles. Hopefully Nintendo focuses on this product so it can shine as much as their product should. I'm coming around on the idea of this system, but I need more information before I figure out how early I adopt it. So, I like I think that was the same way I looked at it. As far as if you're looking at it from the, the Home Console out you know, outwards, you're kind of like, well, I think my PS4 is probably can do more. My Xbox one can do more, you know, things like that. But if you look at it in the other way around where it's like, this is the most advanced handheld system anybody's ever made. Yep. It's more advanced than the PlayStation Vita, which it was the pinnacle of handheld gaming with just the lack of support. Right. So, so, in that sense, when I saw this video and I thought about the possibilities, I went right to the fact that I spend a lot of time not at home. Like I love playing video games and I love putting my PlayStation VR on my head and I love my Xbox 1. But when I'm not home, my the gaming like the gaming quality drops dramatically. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Except for, like, that one game a year, like, we're going to get Pokemon, and everybody's going to play Pokemon, and we're all going to have fun with it, and then we'll get bored of it, and then we won't have another handheld for another year that's worth anything, right? So, this changes that. This, like, when I'm at work, and I take a break, or I take my lunch, or, you know, or I'm, like, or I'm on vacation, and it's, you know, and I have a bad rainy day or something like that where I just can't do as much as I'd like. This gives me that option where I can really experience what I would experience at home. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. You know so with a very small form factor from what we can tell, you know, it doesn't look like the, the handheld device itself doesn't look crazy big. Even the dock that it docks into to hook to your TV doesn't look too ridiculous. So it's something that should be easily, uh, you know, easy to travel with. Absolutely. Uh, I don't
0: think, I guess the best way I could put it is there isn't anything that I have played on my, don't get me wrong, love my Vita, love my 3DS. There's nothing I've played on them since probably Ruby Sapphire where I've wanted to play that over my console unit.
1: Exactly. Well, right, yeah. I, I 100% agree. There's nothing on my handhelds that, like, would take me away from my home units. And uh, I think Nintendo here is trying to say, okay, well, we're not trying to make you choose anymore. Now they're the same. So that's a cool idea. Um I can understand where Xander's coming from with the idea he needs to know more. We all need to know more. We need, yeah. we, we need a price point. We, we need, need specs. Yeah, specs, you know, price point. There's still, there's still a lot that we have yeah. to and figure a lot, out about this. A lot of people want to be hate and you know, want to hate on this already. Um, and I think it's too early to to hate because the if you just all we have is concept, right? We have we have concept here, and the concept is promising. There's nothing negative about the concept. If you want to worry about oh it's gonna be six hundred dollars oh it's gonna you know only be seven twenty p oh like we don't know any of that let's not speculate and hate before we know. Um, as of right now, the concept of what you're gonna be able to do here with multiplayer and and portability is unlike any device that's ever been around. And I'm just gonna throw one scenario out to Jazzy who you know, wasn't very warm to this device right out the gate is you just spent five hundred and some dollars on a PlayStation VR. Yep. A device that you didn't know anything about until the day before you bought it. Absolutely. And it changed it changed your life in as far as gaming. Yep. It changed the way we in one night, Playstation VR changed the way that we game
0: yeah and i think that's why i got such an initial negative reaction from me this teaser video is unfortunately <laughs> for nintendo not knowing um that i just got into the whole vr world i i'm 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 there like i'm in vr so when they release this video immediately my mind goes into comparison to what i already have and th- this teaser video d- doesn't look like I'm like, well, it's not VR. Like it's just not VR, but it's not fair to compare it that way. So you got there's there's both ways you could look at it. You could look at it in kind of Xander kind of hit it right on the mark. Like if you're looking at it as a home council unit, then it's not going to look as good as what you have out there now. But if you're looking at it as the best portable or mobile unit that that is on the market, you can look at it very positively.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think you look at it positively and I bring up the VR idea because I I was not a early uh, you know early supporter of VR I didn't I wasn't sure how it was going to play out and I was wrong you know and so what I took from my initial where I was glad I I didn't have a pre-order for PlayStation VR I went out at midnight and I tried to get one and I was able to get one but and I glad I'm glad I jumped in when I did because it, it really proved proved me wrong and showed me the great potential that VR has and this is I'm almost taking I'm almost taking the opposite stand on this where I Shouldn't be so quick to judge especially when we don't have the full picture But I want to look at it in a positive way Nintendo needs all the love that it can that we can give it right now with with the struggling system that it just it just finished up with and I I'm a hundred percent on board with with Nintendo switch so
0: you yeah, know. it's a light at the end of the tunnel for sure. Yeah, and I Nintendo's think Nintendo's been struggling for what since the Wii, so 2011, 2012. Yeah. So you know, having this teaser trailer come out, it, it gives me hope that Nintendo's hasn't just thrown the towel in.
1: <laughs> right, and I mean, so let's let's bring in another uh, another fan here in uh, DPK, uh, also known as Doug. He says, "Do you think the Nintendo Switch will make the DS obsolete?" Uh, since we we're just talking about all of its portability and everything, I, I think the DS has a has a still has a life span. You know, it's not done. Obviously, like like you're gonna look at the um, Nintendo Switch and the Nintendo DS side by side for I'd say a good couple years at least.
0: I think it 100% comes down to the success rate of the Switch. If yeah. Nintendo sees that the mobile capacity of the switch is going to be able to outperform their DS they'll slowly wean the DS out
1: right but I think the reason why the DS will have a life so here's what I think Nintendo will definitely drop support of DS fast the DS, look at the DS life cycle okay yeah if we're gonna talk about talk about the new 3ds it's a couple years old it's it, it's not a couple years old it's a year and a half maybe Ish, yeah and but but the DS, in my opinion, is the DS, which means it's been around for, like, I don't have the dates in front of me, but it's, it's like, Jesus, what, 12 years? I'm trying to think when I got my first one. 10 to 12, I'd say, yeah, right it's, around it's there. It's been a long time. The DS has been a long, like, it, it's run its course, and if you're going to have a portability, a portable system... That can do what you know on, on a graphic level that makes the DS a, you know a laughing stock, and you've already got people like Game Freaks who make your your Pokemon games saying that Pokemon will be on the the Switch. Um, yeah, you're going to eventually move away from the DS. The reason why the DS will have a lifespan though is because of third party. You're still gonna it, it's cheap to make games for it. You know, you have companies like Atlas and them that just port everything from Japan, it's easy for them to do. So you'll still have tons of DS games that are coming out. If you're thinking about buying a DS like, you know, now, you're not gonna regret it, is I guess what I'm saying. Absolutely. But in a year, do you think the DS like you know, life cycle might be winding down? Absolutely. If if the Nintendo Switch is successful and, and, and looks like it's the next thing for Nintendo. Um, but I mean, for me, I I mean, I already own a 3DS, but if I didn't own a 3DS, I would, I wouldn't like not buy one because here's the difference. They may come out with a $400 price tag for a Nintendo switch. I can go get a I can go get a two DS for ninety nine bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's a different category in
0: my opinion. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that pick those those units and or systems up and it just wasn't what they were looking for and they're even cheaper than that. <laughs> like yeah, they have the used tag on it, but by used it means taken out of the box and played once. Yeah, right,
1: right. So um Okay, so we we got to see the, Joy- the uh, Joy-Con controllers, we got to see the cartridges, we got to see the dock. Let's talk about some of the g- flash moments that we got to see of games, and we're going to slow it down for people that maybe didn't do the research to find out that there was a lot hidden inside this uh, three-minute video. We got to see Skyrim, of course, yep. a, or, an, Super or, excited. or an Elder Scrolls-type game. I guess we don't right. technically know, but it's we, Skyrim. I'm yeah, I'm sure, pretty sure. By sure, yeah. I mean I hope. <laughs> with, with with the timing, it makes sense. Yes. But uh, with everything else around it, though, we got to see a, a new Mario. We got to see Mario Kart and Splatoon. Yes. So when you slow these down, though, what you what people you know didn't realize what people thought was that we were maybe watching Wii U games just being played on there, just you know, just for demonstration purposes, right? But when they slowed down and they froze the frames in the Mario Kart, they found a character uh, that wasn't hasn't been playable that's not playable in Mario Kart Eight. They also noticed that the special moves or sorry the power-ups they had two. They had a, they had a primary and then they had a backup. A that backup. Could switch yep. it around. So uh, these were things that like the character uh, which was uh, I am pulling a blank. Boom. Yeah, it was a boo, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep.
0: It's like the King Ghost whatever. I don't know if he has a special name or not. But. Yeah.
1: Um hasn't been available since Double Dash, I believe. So that was was quite interesting. So yeah, let's see here. Um Mario Kart Double Dash GameCube course Yoshi Circuit. That's what it was. It was the course they were playing on was from Double Dash. Um, and it was made available in Mario Kart 8 via DLC. But some of the things we saw was King Boo is now a playable character shown competing in a two-player local multiplayer race against Mario. And then, this, like we said, the item system has been altered where it allows racers to apparently hold two items. That is um, quite that that's interesting because does that mean we're getting a updated Mario Kart 8 or are we getting a new, a Mario, new Mario Kart? Right. And then obviously following that up is Splatoon where they noticed the uh, character models appear ahead of uh, a multiplayer match. They appear to have new hairstyles and different gear that's available. Uh, the map that briefly glimpsed during the footage was an unrecognizable map. It was, so it's a new map. And um, the uh, obviously the other part of that video was that Splatoon was really being pushed as an esport. Yeah, so oh, then pump me up so much. Yeah, so could we be seeing some sort of larger competition systems being being run by Nintendo? Maybe, maybe Nintendo actual leagues. Um, nonetheless, I I love Splatoon. Mario Kart obviously is a staple. Uh, we saw the new Mario. You know, there's no question about it that it's a new three dimensional Mario game. These are all things that we're gonna find more out uh, you know about when when they finally talk. But they're they're flashing a bunch of heavyweights right now. They're they're like, Hey, I don't think these I don't think you're gonna come around and say these are all available at launch, you know? Like that's not what I that that's not what I'm getting yeah. at. There, but there's the, I, one that we know. Yeah, there's one that we know. And um I mean all they really had to do all they would have had to do is flash like a Samus uh you know, Metroid hel- Samus's helmet from Metroid. Like just flash your helmet once on the screen I've been like, Here's my money. There you go. <laughs> I think it'd be the only game that ever comes out for the system, I'll buy it. So, praying to God, we get a we get a, a Metroid game, but that has nothing to do with the an- analyzing this this video. So, <clears throat> but with that being said, we had of course somebody chime in on Instagram, um, which was we got uh, sci-fi AJ saying, "Well, Grim will finally get a new. Will Grim finally get a new Metroid game?" Question mark. And of course. Our good friend Test decided to uh, chime back in and say he just got one Metroid Prime Federation Force. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, right now I'm just gonna let everybody know Test is dead to me and he's banned from the show. <laughs> like he wanted to come on for our Pokemon special coming up next month and uh, he's not invited anymore. Ah. I-, I don't know what happened, but something just happened where uh, he's not allowed here anymore. Not sure. Yep, noted, time stamped. <laughs> so, but thanks for thanks for chiming in, uh, Radio Ethan a.k.a. our producer, said, Switch, that's a strange way to spell homeboy, isn't it? <laughs> if not homeboy, why not call it what it is, the Wii U 2? Oh, come on now. Give it a little more credit than yeah. that. First of all, the Wii U 2 is me joking, and uh, and let's be happy that the word Wii was not used anywhere in this marketing because yes. that would have been a nightmare. But uh, a- a Tess chimes in again and says, It's called the Switch because they're going to eventually switch the name to Homeboy. (laughs) 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 Makes sense. That must be exactly what they're thinking. Yep. As soon as they listen to this podcast. Done and done. That's right. So... We've been real positive about it, and I want to give Jazzy a moment because uh, he he did shit all over this in the, in the morning, mm-hmm. and he was and he was being a little negative when he even came over to start recording this. So I'm gonna give him a chance to get back into his negative mode because he seems to be like agreeing with me, so that I don't know we're, we stay friends or something. I I'm not sure, but I know that he's not a hundred percent on board with this thing, and I want to hear why. Um, two two major
0: things that I have a problem with. Uh, one kind of got um, touched on a little bit with test in the fact that I think the mobile multiplayer is going to be a hot disaster in the fact that those controllers are tiny. It looks like people holding in the in the video mini controllers, and I'm glad he brought up Metroid Prime Federation Force because when I was playing it with you, Grim. The biggest... The, wait, question? The one time we played it. Okay, the okay. one time that we played it, I had two major problems with it. One, the game was just not great. Thank you. I'm not going to say it was awful because right. it was okay playing with somebody else. Wrong.
1: Two... You like my Trump so far? My hands...
0: <laughs> no. Two, my hands got cramped up like in about five minutes of playing <laughs> on the DS... So having, I don't know, maybe if it's just because it's going to be the two buttons and and the D-pad, if it's going to make a difference, but it just, I feel to me like having that small of a controller in my hand is just not going to be comfortable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the Joy-Con controllers definitely aren't going to be that, you know, long-term solution if you're playing long-term gaming, but on the fly, it's a cool idea. Um it's why for us, for for like legit like hardcore gaming, you know, people. I think you'll carry around a pro controller with you. You know, I mean that yep. that'll be the answer to that. But yeah, I think the you know hand cramping on anything that's small or awkward to hold, uh, which these do look like both, could be a problem. What, what was your yeah. second one? My second one is, I feel
0: as if. Even being an avid gamer myself, I love playing video games. However, I feel like after watching this, Nintendo has taken video games to the extreme And the fact that you never have to put down your video game. Like, we are in an era where we're trying to get kids up from playing video games, get them outside, get them moving, and stuff like that. And Nintendo has successfully taken (laughs) the ability... And put it into this new Nintendo Switch, where they legit never have to put down their game. You're playing it on the console. Up, oh, you got to get up and go answer the door. Guess what? You can go answer the door to get your pizza with your game still playing being played. So I feel like they're they're allowing us to stay into the virtual reality, maybe a little too much.
1: Okay, so this one I'm going to uh, debunk here. Okay, as as, uh, as again no, another Trump reference. I am not a Trump supporter. I just think he's <laughs> he's an idiot and and he sounds horrible. So anyways, let's say there's a pizza at your door, right? And Delicious this is and this isn't you, okay? We're not talking about you. Okay. Okay, cuz you're old. And this is why the this is why you have a problem with this cuz you're old. I'm old too. I have no nowhere I have no room to talk on this one. But you put your you put your controller down in a normal day and you go to your door, what do you have in your hand, generally, when you're going to the door that you have in your hand everywhere you go? Um, my cell phone? Yeah, it's called a smartphone. It's the thing that everybody zombifies themselves and stares into no matter what they're doing. So my my point on this for this argument here is that, yes, did Nintendo make a system that technically you could pick up and stay immersed in no matter where you go? Absolutely. But when you uh, currently now take your VR headset off and you set it down and you go do something else, what do you do? You grab your tablet, you grab your phone, you grab your laptop, and you go bury yourself into a different screen doing something. Like, I go out to the to dinner with my wife and I'm looking around and there's all these couples just burying their faces, not interacting, and I catch myself doing it from time to time and, and so, does, so does Brick Bitch. But at the same time, It drives me crazy because it's like there's no you don't you're missing life right you're missing the outside world it's like you know I'm sitting here staring at at the beautiful we live we're we're here in Michigan so we got right now we have beautiful tree uh you know leave leave color changes and everything going on and it's just like people just walking around with their head down like 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 zombies so I mean I get what you're coming from but the idea that is that if they didn't do this the people that the people would just look at a different screen so if they're looking at the same screen or a different screen what's what does it matter yeah that's true
0: you know um, i guess it's a problem with society and not so much the system itself i'm just i'm just really upset that there's going to be tons of dogs tied to bench park park benches
1: (laughs) with people playing their nintendo switch I mean, they, those people were already playing Pokemon Go, letting their dog starve to death at home. At least the dog came this time, right? Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> and I guess it's another thing. Is like, let me let me just hit this real quick. All right, if if your dog wants
0: to go to the park. And he nudges you. Go to the park with your dog. Go to the park with your dog. Exactly. Hey, here's the deal. If you're going to get up and grab your Nintendo Switch and then go
1: tie him to a, a bench in the park so you can play your Nintendo Switch, just don't take him to the park. Yeah. Here's a, here's a clue, Nintendo. Okay. I love you. But you want to you make an impactful video that tells us nothing about your system, right? This is just a teaser video. hmm Where the hell was the kid? First of all, where the hell was the kid? Period. Period. But there was no kids in there. Where that video. the hell was the young person that was stuck in a hospital? Yep. That just you know they were in a situation that they couldn't help. But you know what? At least they could play their their Nintendo Switch because it could go anywhere with them. Yeah, I feel they
0: missed their marketing concept huge when they didn't put the youth into this.
1: They did they focused heavily on millennials they focused heavily on uh you know our generation I'm on the I'm on the older side of this generation but but the millennials for sure and it was a weird feeling cuz I've I don't think I've ever watched Nintendo like reveal that didn't involve kids yeah you know you... and
0: at the end of the day with all the information that we did get just via the video it seems like a system designed towards kids.
1: Well, I mean that I I first Nintendo's Nintendo like it's always going to be able to playable for kids but my problem with it is it, it looks expensive, it looks delicate mm-hmm. and I don't know if it is like you know like a lot of people's reports are um they, they're showing the wireless earbuds from Apple and then they're showing the Joy-Con controllers and like which one of these am I going to have to buy more of? And they're like <laughs> we talking about? like well, when I lose them because my kids and my kid right now throws everything that he touches. Yep. You know, and so it's like, yeah, there is that aspect that maybe it doesn't necessarily feel as kiddish uh, as, you know, these big bulky plastic things that Nintendo used to make that, you know, could survive a bomb. A few drops, yeah. So, um, but again, let's bring a fan in here that that wants to uh, side a little bit with you on some of the concerns is uh, Scotty chimed in and says, it's definitely interesting. Multiple concerns, though cartridge again for one means the games will be scaled back storage space is going to worry me as well as i feel the cartridge is only going to be like a key and we will have to store the majority of the game content in the device i do like its maneuverability but they they are still gimmicking the controller too much do you really think people are going to split screen on that tablet hells no so the only multiplayer we saw was same screen, right? It was it wasn't it didn't require the split screen. It was like, hey, two guys here are on one basketball team, so they they don't need a split screen. They share it's one full screen. No, right? they did. Mario well, Kart split screen. Mario Mario Kart did show split screen. You're right. You're right. Yep. But the other stuff that we saw was just more like you don't, you need the split screen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think it's it's hard, but at the same time. Do I think this is something where, if you're going to be playing Mario Kart for four hours, are you going to really play on the on the tablet screen? Or are you going to bring? Are you going to dock it to a TV? Yeah. You know, like again, the the short term gaming. If I'm at lunch and I want to game a little bit of Mario Kart with with Ethan and he didn't bring his, and we only had my Nintendo Switch, we would. I think we could easily play a split screen for twenty minutes and then go back to work. Yeah. You know. So I think the idea is we're we're analyzing it in the sense of like we can't play it like we play our PlayStation four. We can't play it like we play, you know, if we both had Vitas or something
0: like that. But I think Scotty's trying to get to and I guess my point is the gimmick of it. Like, yes, you're going to do that, but if it's an uncomfortable situation, how long are you gonna do that until you're just like you wanna know what I'm gonna make sure I bring my switch?
1: Well, I mean, if you both have switches, then then right. the best then the thing that you can do with its back to back and play and play and connect, create your own Wi-Fi network and connect to each other and and race and do all these things, right? But the gimmick of of the modular capabilities of the system, I think, is largely underrated right now. People are freaking out about this, like, oh, well, I'm not gonna play split screen and stuff like that. It's like, you know what? If you're sitting at lunch and you got nothing to do and someone puts a screen in front of you and gives you a controller to play Mario Kart, you're going to play Mario Kart. Yeah. You're going to do it. Like uh, and the modular capabilities of this, we don't know what it could lead to. These are these are slots that that Nintendo could release more items for. That third parties could release more items for. So you know who knows what what it could be. Maybe you don't want to bring your Switch, but but you bring your Joy-Con controllers in your it, on that device that turns it into a bigger controller, and you both have those. I don't know, but to sit there and say that their controllers too gimmicky is just it's a little ridiculous. Because guess what, Nintendo is gimmicky. That's <laughs> yeah, that is what absolutely. they do. They've never competed on graphics. They've never they've never you know. I mean, sorry. I let me take that back. <laughs> Back in the day, NES and Super NES sure they competed in graphics, but since then, they've never really tried to win that war. Yeah. They've instead focused a different way and it and and if people there say, "Oh, this is gimmicky like the Wii." The Wii sold 100 million systems. That's what Nintendo wants. They don't care if you think it's gimmicky if they sell 100 million systems.
0: Yeah. They definitely had a lot of things in there that I felt were they made sense, but they were just so ridiculous to me that I was kind of like, "Really?" So when the guy sits down on the plane and he kickstands his like his little mobile screen up and then takes the two uh, controllers off and then leans back and then can still play the game holding the two controllers as if he was holding like just just hold the unit, dude. Like you don't need to like lean back
1: and have the screen on the, yeah, the tray but he, table. But he's comfortable. I mean, like we. we... To be fair, we played the Wii like that. To be fair, we play VR like that. You haven't played it like with the Wii Motes. That's right. that's VR. You sit back, you got two separate controllers and and you're interacting like the fact like would I probably just plug it into the little the little uh adapter to make it a solid controller? Probably. <laughs> but the idea that I can that the screen can be off and I can lean back in the ta- chair and just have a controller resting on my stomach instead of having to hold hold the screen up. Because we all know when we've played a Wii U that holding the screen up and playing on that screen for so long, your arms get tired. Yep. It, it's just it's just fact, you know. It it just gets uncomfortable. I don't want, I don't want to say your arms get tired. And they have that just,
0: design now too, where you can like put the unit into like a an extension arm to the headrest of your car. So you don't have to hold
1: it. (laughs) So, I mean, my whole thing about gimmicky, if if we want to sit there, is like, look at the PlayStation 4 and uh, tell me what the touchpad on the top of the controller's for.
0: Uh, Checking your score?
1: Yeah. Uh, Look at the PlayStation Vita and tell me what any of those gimmicks are for. Like, like... It goes it's called innovation. People are trying to find the way to push gaming forward and if you wanted to hold them back and, and tell them to stop being gimmicky and just just make a powerful system and and you know and don't worry about the gimmicks, then then the industry as you know it is going to stall out because if it wasn't for the Wii, motion controls wouldn't have been where they are now. Absolutely. And if it wasn't for that, then the PlayStation Move wouldn't have existed when it, and it failed miserably. And if it wasn't for PlayStation Move, PlayStation VR wouldn't have the capabilities that it has right now because it's based off of PlayStation Move. So you have to look at innovation to see that even if it fails, you don't know what it's going to do for the industry. The Dreamcast... Took video games to another level with online gameplay and a lot of the features that you saw in Dreamcast, it launched a whole life cycle that we're still living. You know, and I just I don't want to sit here and just oh Nintendo's gimmicky and and they're just doing it because they can't compete. And it's like, no, Nintendo's always been this way and they've always tried to think outside the box and create something in a different way than anybody's imagined. I think everybody that probably listens to this show has enjoyed a DS. All a DS is is a gimmick. It's two screens. Yep. But we've all enjoyed it. Absolutely. So, I mean, that I, it's tough. Even though I make fun of the Vita, there's games on the Vita that I've enjoyed with the gimmicky features that are built into the yeah. Vita. So, t- take a chill pill on that a little bit. Now, Scotty, I- I've gone on a rant here. Your, your cartridge system, we don't know enough about it, so it is a concern. But... The the point I made earlier in the show about it possibly being solid-state memory because solid-state memory is becoming very cheap would would eliminate all your concerns there. You wouldn't have to scale the game back. You wouldn't have storage situation issues. You wouldn't have any of that. But we don't know if that's the case. It very well could be a key, and then all of a sudden you're storing 50, 60 gigs on this little system, and how much storage are you going to get with it? That obviously is a concern, and um, you know hopefully... Hopefully that's not the case, but um, we brought up something interesting, too, while we were talking about this, and let's, let's bring another fan in here for some concerns, and that is Inkster Rick. That's his real name, Inkster Rick. It's not Five Mile Rick, in case some people think it might be. <laughs> you can't call him Ghetto-Ass Rick if you want, and he has a secret nickname that we're not going to talk about today, but it does exist. Or ever. Eh, maybe, maybe we we'll talk about it. it. Just depends if he ever pisses me off enough. <laughs> <clears throat> no. All right. So, Inkster Rick, I think it's a great idea for a new company, or maybe Google, jumping into the console game, the console genre for the first time. For Nintendo, I think it's trying to be over the top to make a splash, like they did with the Wii. The novelty of the Wii wore off quick, and I think it, this might as well. My opinion is that Nintendo should have built a monster system something that could beat the PS4 and Xbox one. Step into the 21st century gaming step into the 21st century gaming in terms of performance and gameplay. My point could be my point could be pointless if they announce it's basically a gaming computer you can take anywhere, but I doubt that seriously. He also goes on to say, you also have a PlayStation Vita that can play your PS4 games on it anywhere. What's the difference? You're not carrying your whole PS4 with you. Bottom line, I'm not impressed with what you with what we know and don't think they will be able to impress me with more details. All right, so I disagree with this. I don't think like Nintendo doesn't doesn't fight Sony and Xbox because it ch- can't. I don't think they can, right? But I don't think you—they f- don't fight them based off performance. You don't, right. you don't, you don't build a monstrous yeah. system because first of all, your IPs that that people love and they've loved them for longer than Sony and Xbox have even made video games is they don't need this that power. We don't need a Unreal Engineed Mario. It didn't, like I don't want, I don't yeah. want like you know a realistic looking Mario. I want cartoon Mario, you know, and that's the thing. So like. I don't need the power. I need the game to be built well, and then I need a system that makes it fun to play. So I, I don't agree with that, that idea of trying to compete with those two in that way. Um, if they're looking to make a splash like they did the Wii, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say it again. The Wii sold a hundred million yeah. units. I hope they make a splash like the Wii because that's good for Nintendo. The, the most sold console ever. Yeah. The Wii wore off quick and I think it might as and I think this might as well. The Wii had a pretty normal lifespan. Near the end was it, you know was there a lot of shovelware being made for it by third parties and all that stuff? Absolutely because it was cheap. The system was cheap. Uh, the people playing the games weren't, you know, there was a there was a percentage that was gamers, but there was also a huge percentage that technically weren't gamers. They were just casual gamers. Just ca- you know, they owned a Wii because low entry point and f- just fun, interactive games. So I don't think this plays to the Wii. I like if if you want to compare this to anything, and this is gonna be this is gonna sound horribly against myself, you compare it to the Wii U. The Wii U tried to be more of a gamer's system, giving you, uh, more. Yes, portable gameplay to a sense within the house, but it was it wasn't more. It was less about the Wii mote and the motion, and it was more about the games. Right? It just the system just didn't have enough power. They didn't put enough into it to really call it the next gen of Nintendo. That was the problem. And then the marketing was a nightmare. But I don't think this has the same level of gimmick that the Wii did. The Wii had a level of gimmick that was like, yeah. that was like, I want to play Zelda, but I don't want to move my hands. Oh, tough. I have to. This is like, I want to play on my TV. Cool. I'm just going to play on my TV. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take it on the go. Cool. I'm going to go on the go. What other gimmick is there? The difference I feel with can you, the I mean Switch. An- Answer that question, though. What other gimmick is there with the Nintendo Switch than the fact that I could take it and play it over here, or I could play it on my TV? What's the other gimmick? I mean, I guess the uh, the only other gimmicks are op that
0: uh, my point was going to be the only other gimmicks are options, like being able to play with just the the two mini controllers, or you know, just having the multiple different ways to actually play the exact same thing is a lot of little gimmicks. But what Nintendo has done here is they have given you an option to, if you want to play like that, play like that,
1: and then if you don't. You don't have to. So you just ca- so you called it what it really is. I can't call that a gimmick. I call it an option, right? Because in the Wii, I had to use the Wii Remote and the Nunchuck. Yeah, that was my option. Like I it could, and eventually I got a Wii U. I got a Wii Pro controller, but even certain games, I still had to use a Wii. Like if I wanted to play Skyward Sword, it was it was a Wii Remote and the Nunchuck. That was it. So I mean. I, I guess it depends on. Yeah. it. We
0: have to see where it goes. Cause are they going to create games that you
1: have to play it in a certain way? I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Well, we also don't know that when these these Joy-Con controllers are loose like that, do they have motion controls? Right. You know. I mean that that's true too. You know, we don't know. Uh, and then for his last his last point, he made about the uh, PlayStation Vita. Okay, I'm just gonna lay it out here. I love I love Sony. I buy everything Sony. Yep. PlayStation remote is trash guys it doesn't work well if you're in your own house guess what it works like a charm but guess what the problem is the vita is not a good controller you have two triggers you don't have four you have a touchpad on the back of your system that you have to try to use you have there's nothing like the ps playstation remote when we were in seattle for play for pax prime and we wanted to get our gun from Xur, was perfect. We logged in, we ran to Xur, we bought the gun, we logged off. Okay, That's what it's good for. You are like nobody, as far as I'm concerned, plays PlayStation Remote for hours at end on their Vita. You know what they do? They download the free client to their computer. And they use their controller. And they use their DualShock (laughs) 4 like, like Brayden does, for example. And even that is, it doesn't work because, okay... I mean, it works. Sorry, it does physically work. But if you're trying to play Overwatch, you're trying to play Division, you're trying to play Destiny. You, okay, all these games that we play. What are, what's what's the one common theme? They're online, they're competitive, and they're and they're all about reaction time. Mm-hmm. You are lagging. You're you're delayed. No matter. I don't care what type of internet connection you have. The fact that you're connecting to a PS4 that's on the other side of the country, or in a different state, or even in a different city, and you're connecting to it. There's lag, and The difference with the Nintendo Switch that, you know, and and this is all assumptions right now because we don't have exact details, but the fact that the cartridge is sitting on your system, which is in your hands because the system is technically the tablet, you don't have that. You're playing a full-fledged game and you're enjoying it. And then your online connection, whatever that may be cuz we have not we haven't even heard about that yet, right? But your online connection if it's Splatoon and you want to play online is only based off of your Wi-Fi in the spot that you are currently located. If you have good Wi-Fi there, you're going to play online just fine because your whole console is right in your hands. So the PlayStation Vita is a cool thing, but let's be honest, if it if the if the remote had worked well, if PlayStation Remote uh was was really that special, then we would have um the Vita would have had a life. The Vita wouldn't have died like it did. Yeah. Okay? I like my Vita. It gets used every once in a while, but in the end, it was a great piece of technology with no support and realistically wasn't thought out well enough. And I would love exactly to... what Nintendo has done with the Switch. It was an option to play your PS4. Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. I mean it's its own unit in entirety and you can still put your cartridge in and, and stuff like that. But it as far as like the PS4 remote play, it, it's just another option to play your PS4.
1: It is. But it also requires more than just your PS4. Right. So um Alright. So I mean and then there's been some, you know, some other negatives where, you know, the games don't look that good. That's that's a tough call because we watched a three-minute video with hot clips of games that, let's be honest, weren't being played on that system. It's a commercial. It was superimposed in there, green screen, whatever. We're not going to see real gameplay until they actually have a Nintendo Direct. So let's not get too carried away. Anything that you want to touch base on before I move into another fan? No. Okay, no. So... Uh, those were some of the more negative pieces. I wanna, I wanna talk to someone here that that's balanced. He's negative, but he also has some positive to it. And that's that's B- Master Caleb chiming in. BMC says Nintendo finally lets us see up their skirt, and I have to say it looks interesting. BMC, you are a dirty old man. Your terminology is fucked up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, without knowing all the details, I am intrigued by the design and features shown in the commercial. But I am I am very I'm wear, I wary it could be oh sorry I worry it could be Nintendo trying to be so different that they stray too far into gimmick territory for hardcore gamers. Again, I am not making any predictions, but I just might not be the audience for this console. I love playing video games on my 60 inch TV at home and I've never been much of a mobile gamer. I can see the removable controllers for two player being fun on a trip or on, or on afternoon to show off, but don't think I would use it much. I also agree with the wise gaming wizard, Jazzy Fiddle. The removable controller joystick looks too small and hard to use. I don't see myself buying day one, but I am holding back final judgment. I hope I am wrong, and I eat my words, and become a huge Nintendo fanboy again. We need the big three to be competitive in gaming. Game on! P.S. Red Dead Redemption Two is coming next fall. This is yeah. not. A, this is not. That's topic for for next for next little regular podcast. So <laughs> we're not even bringing that up. Yep. But um, all I mean all fair assumptions. I think uh, you know, Kale. I think if you're a Nintendo fan you you need you know you respect Nintendo that's what you're doing and i think uh they're going to they're going to prove to you in by by march that you want one do i think you'll be a day one buyer i mean no cuz no not everyone's going to be a day one buyer on this you know yeah but i think if you're a nintendo fan and there's and there's ips that you care about on nintendo this is promising this is if you are a nintendo fanboy you were happy about today and I'll tell you one thing, before you watched that video, you were nervous today. So, it's you, we need to look at this as a victory and now we got to move on to the next battle and hope that when the direct comes out that Nintendo puts us all at ease. But right now we got to look at in the fact that hey, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, and I think he hits it
0: uh kind of uh, hammer on the nail there in the fact that he says it doesn't look like it's going to be for the hardcore gamer. It, it all comes down to the gamer itself um, to kind of go back and maybe back inkster Rick a little bit where he thinks it's too gimmicky. That's just because the type of gamer that he is, it might not be. I do personally feel like the, the Nintendo is not going to be for those hardcore gamers. Am I going to get a Nintendo switch when it comes out? Absolutely. Am I going to enjoy playing it with my friends and enjoy all, enjoy all the different like features that it's going to have and stuff like that? More than likely, yes. Is it going to completely take me away from what I feel is my favorite gaming console in the PS4? Probably not. Just because that's the type of gamer I am. I'm immersed into the PS4 because it's the unit that best fits me.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it should pull anybody away from other things they're doing. I, I think Caleb nails it and with the fact that the big 3 keep this industry healthy. We lose one of the big 3 in Nintendo and they stop making consoles like some people are like, "Oh, they should just make software and blah blah blah." Like we do that and and your industry takes a hit. You know, it, it's you know, there's a reason why the automotive industry everyone was concerned because there's the big 3 is important to us. It's important to America, right? industry when you're looking at any industry competition is good for the industry uh, for the most part like i yes we can throw up examples of bad things but in the end it's always good to have competition because you push each other and you make each other better Yeah. so um, you know Nintendo's taking an interesting angle on this that is addressing something that we've all actually bitched about we get these games where we're like oh man Tur- you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Mutants in Manhattan this is going to be an awesome couch co-op Oh, there's no couch co-op. Oh, you can play four-player, but uh, it's only online, which means three of my friends have to own this game. They can't come over and just pick up a controller and play. Like, we bitch about this, and then the Nintendo goes and shows off something that, like, potentially could give us this, and we have and, and people put it down. And it's just because I think half the time it's like we sit there and we stare, you know, we look at our PS4 world, and then we go over here and we go, Oh, that's different. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But different's not bad. And PlayStation yeah. VR has proven that to us. It's different, and I like it. It doesn't mean I don't go play Destiny. It doesn't mean I don't go play Overwatch. Yeah, But I love playing Rigs right now. Yeah, because the difference
0: is, and I think Nintendo kind of hit it hit it real hard in the fact that if you <laughs> go over to you know, a dinner party at your friend's house, the only way you're going to sit down and play a game with your friend is if you happen to bring your console, and then they have a console, and then you can go down the street to your buddy's house and grab your other console, hook them all up, <laughs> and then yeah. play online together in the same place. Nintendo solved that in the fact that you take this one unit and you can get everybody, like, pass and play in the party.
1: Like, it just, you know, it, it brings me back to the N64 days is what it does. It just makes me feel good. It makes me feel like, oh, man, that'll be fun. Like, when I sit down and it's like, hey, let's all, you know, play. The biggest thing I can't get around is, like, I spend a lot of time at work. I work in IT, shit breaks all the time, and I spend a lot of time there. So when I'm, like, you know sitting there running scans and I can't do anything because, the, because I have to wait for, this, for everything to be done to be able to pull that device out and have that type of quality of game right in front of me no matter where I'm at is important to me and that's why I think yeah you know what a lot of us maybe that are more like situated where it's like hey I like to play my games at home and that's it sure this might not be for you but I'll tell you what mobile people major city commuters people that are on the subway every day people that are doing this stuff this is this is huge for them yeah, you go look at any of the forums and you got people that are like, take my money now, I just became a Nintendo, you know, fan for again. Like, there's people just praising it, let alone that coming up to the, the Nintendo Switch announcement, Nintendo gained $1 billion in stock. Okay? The industry is reacting to this in a very positive way. They seem to think like, hey, you know what? Nintendo's riding strong on um, on all sorts of other things that they've been pulling. This seems to be like they're trending in the right direction. Yep.
0: So, and even happens with us. Like I have no problem at home logging on and playing Destiny, Overwatch, League on my computer, like all the stuff with my friends. I thoroughly enjoyed coming over here to the studio to play with Grimlock the Dino Nine. The problem was, That's me. is if I wanted to, to do that, I have to. I'd have to pack up all my shit. I'd have to bring it over here. I'd have to hook it all up to his extra TV or monitor he's got here, and then we'd play until like <laughs> two in the morning, three in the morning sometimes on the weekends. And it's like, oh, okay, well now I'm gonna go home. Oh well, now I have to unhook all my shit. Then I have to drive a half an hour home, and by the time I got home, it was an hour and a half after I already said goodbye to my friend. Like it's yep. just with this, you throw it in your pocket, bam, twenty minute drive home, you're done. Yep, like exactly. <laughs> it's it's
1: yeah. That that's the concept that really excited me. I watched this trailer right at ten o'clock, and we we were at work, and we were actually not even at our office. We were at an offsite location, and so Ethan was happened to be there. He's and he's leaning over my shoulder watching this with me. And we both are just getting amped. And the second it finished, we just looked at each other like, man, could you imagine Splatoon on lunch? Could you imagine like just being able to play Mario Kart anytime we want? Like, like we we were like kids again. We were excited about it. We didn't sit there and be like, "Well, you know, the graphics didn't look like PS4, and uh, the controller doesn't look like an Xbox One controller." So I don't know. Like, we didn't do that. I'm I'm not looking to compare it against what's already there. I'm looking to compare it against what Nintendo has done. Is it better than what Nintendo had? I think so. Is it better than the Wii U? Yes. I don't even need no specs. <laughs> it's better <laughs> than the Wii U. So that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Now the only problem is, can you get your fan base and can you get pe- gamer, just gamers in general to buy into it? That's yep. that's really what it comes down to. And, and with that being said, I want to bring in our, our last comment, um, and that is Chops chimes in. He says, so is it a console or a handheld and a tablet? It looks neat, but does it have the power? And Homeboy is a better name still. Oh, here we go. Um, how much do you think it will cost? And also, Jazzy, buy me one. <laughs> also, I miss you guys. On a real note, if I can complete, if I can compete graphically and be functional as a multi-type system and not a gimmick, then I have hope for Nintendo's future. But I am very worried still. Is Nintendo going to stay afloat? from this system or are we going to see more app releases to make up for lacking sales over the years stay frosty my friends ps should we be buying some nintendo stock soon too late we missed that boat man. Yep. <laughs> nintendo stock has uh has gone up like 50% since pokemon go yeah so <clears throat> um as i mean i guess I guess, tec- I guess technically could you still buy Nintendo stock—it still actually might be a smart idea, and you still could make some money. Yeah. But, but we really missed that ball about uh, what six months ago. I think with the app releases, you really are just focusing
0: on Pokemon Go. Do I think that we'll see something in the future that Nintendo is going to pull out that could do that? Possibly. I think. I mean, Mario Run's going to do well. Yeah is is it going to do as well as Pokemon Go? Uh, as much as I would love for it to do well. <laughs> and i and i hate to have to bring it up but pokemon go Awada had his hand in it was the last thing Awada really had his hands in yeah and i think that that was a huge hit for nintendo and um for them to be able to put something out that's going to be at that level is going to take them a little bit because they're still kind of like recovering from oh. basically the loss of mr nintendo
1: a geni- oh yeah, <laughs> yeah a genius you know one of the one of the greatest people to be in in the gaming industry of all time but um you know i think i first of all i don't want to even focus on apps nintendo will continue to push apps because they've had success with it um do i think they're going to push apps because of the struggle that the nintendo switch has no i think the nintendo switch is different enough and and and, and, and it diff- feels new and different it feels new and different which is a good thing. You want to get away from the Wii name. You want to get away from that that feel that you had over there with like uh, motion controls and and, and underperforming and graphics and things like that. I think this is the right direction, um. And I think you you, you hit a huge demographic. Even if you even if you're not for the masses like we were talking about, maybe, you know, you're not it's not for some people. The fact that it's a tablet based, mobile based idea mm-hmm. that is a more sophisticated mobile gaming system than anything ever made means that you are going to tie into all these people that love smartphones, all these people that love their iPads, all these people that love that type of stuff. This fits into that category on a higher scale of gaming though. It's like, hey, I kind of get the the level of PlayStation but I could take it with me you know while I travel through New York every day of my life you know so like things like that big cities I think things like that where you're going to you're going to see this thing boom and uh, and anybody else that you know loves Nintendo like I love Mario I love Zelda I love Metroid you know those are like I'll never stop playing Nintendo as long as they make those games so I'm on board Unless yeah, if you, you take... come out with, like, a $600 price tag. Then I'm like, ooh, I'm going <laughs> to wait. But... You take all
0: that and you push it aside, and do I think that Nintendo is going to do as I, as as well as I want them to do? I don't think so. I think that this system going to be a good stride towards getting them where they need to go in order to continue to build back up because they were at a, a pretty big low there for a while. But the one thing that you needed to do, all your gimmicks, your system, your your tablet versus handheld versus console, all you take all that aside, and Nintendo did one major thing here that they needed to do, and that was third-party support.
1: Huge third-party support, which means they could have one of the most successful launches ever. Yeah. I mean, you already have Zelda for your, for your first party, but by the time this game comes out, Skyrim will already be out on the other systems, right? So you can have a Skyrim at launch. You can have a Zelda at launch. You could have all these things at launch and maybe these Mario Kart and this uh Splatoon and maybe and who knows what other first parties. Maybe we are seeing an updated version of of the Wii U version that they're going to bring that they'll have at launch. So cuz here's the thing. People are not going to get upset about that because they didn't, <laughs> there's not a lot of people that own Wii U. There's a lot of people that missed Mario Kart 8, that missed the Super Smash Brothers, that missed Splatoon, that don't know what they're missing. And if they get a chance to buy it on the on the Switch, they're gonna love it. Mm -hmm. Okay, because you and I played Splatoon. I bought a Wii U. Splatoon. Splatoon (laughs) Splatoon (laughs) took us away. Okay, so here you know this is where you're saying Nintendo can't take me away from my PS4. Splatoon did. Right. Splatoon took us away from our PS4s for a good length of time and um the, you know that that is proof right there that they have content and if they're gonna if they're gonna come out the gate with an amazing launch title with amazing launch titles they're in they're in good shape now let's talk about price point let's talk this is all rumors we have no idea but where would you like to see this come in at no more than 400 absolutely you can't like I think 400 is a deal breaker for Nintendo yeah it I it can't be more yeah. than
0: 400 that's that's pushing the envelope
1: I think you're looking realistically um I'm gonna I would lo- I'd love to see it a little bit less than this but I'm probably gonna say 299.99 299.98 because <laughs> I have hope no that's <laughs> we're not Walmart okay because I'm hopeful <laughs> save the penny good job man <laughs> but um that's where i'm you know what i I would love to see a two forty nine ninety nine but like just looking at the concept of the system um it, it, it's just too hard for me to believe and here's the thing the cheaper it comes out, the more concerned I am at, at the quality of the device yep that's the that's my other concern here is that you come in at one ninety nine ninety nine and I'm looking at this device and I go man like <laughs> Is it gonna break on me when I, you know? So I don't know. I'm thinking that the two ninety nine ninety nine price points where it's gonna be that would that would put it right in the competition world of the uh, entry levels to Xbox and PlayStation, um, you know. And if you have a strong launch launch title system set up with to fo- to back up Zelda, you're gonna sell systems just for Zelda, obviously, right? But have some more backup like I would love if that Mario game was ready at launch. Yeah. You know, I would love to see some Wii U ports because Mario Maker if Mario Maker was day 1, Mario Maker is one of the best games one of the best games of the year and it doesn't get the justice that it deserves because you know, they don't, I mean what's the footprint of the Wii U? I can't remember. It's it's pathetic. You know, so they sold like 3 million copies of, of Mario yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is good, considering that's like 30% of your your footprint with the Wii U. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. The price is uh, still up in the air, but I'd love to see right around the $300 mark.
0: Right. And they need to do that. They need that support, too. Because the one thing that I've argued over the past months, if you've listened to the Little podcast, is... Uh, Microsoft's finally coming out and saying that they're selling more systems than any other system right now and that's because they're finally getting titles onto their game that people want to play. Like You need that support for people to want to buy your system.
1: Yeah. No, I uh, I hundred percent agree. They they have really shown that they have that they're that they're pushing. They're focusing on support. They got people like Blizzard uh, hinting at Hearthstone coming to Nintendo Switch. So even even some of those you know app based stuff might be coming to the Switch. You might be playing Mario Run on the uh, the Switch. The Switch, yeah. Could Pokemon Go show up? Like I don't know. You know, like we don't know the capability of the tablet. Yep. You know, so. Um, We'll see, but overall, let's let's uh, we're gonna close this out. You know, we wanted to do about an hour show. We're a little over, so I uh, want to thank everybody that chimed in. You can always send your uh, your thoughts on anything gaming related. But right now, we're talking about you know Nintendo Switch. If you want to talk about it, we're gonna continue the conversations on our social media: Motor City Gaming on Facebook, Gaming in Detroit on Twitter. We're active on both of those, and you can also find us on Instagram. So we're um going to keep it going. There's a lot, of, a lot of love, a lot of hate, a lot of people in the middle and that's fine because we're dealing with a teaser trailer. But let's close this out with the hope that Nintendo really has figured it out here. Uh, I'm going to go and be, have a positive closing and then we'll let Jazzy do whatever he wants to do. So, Nintendo has been a part of my gaming life. It was where I started. It's why this show, why this company used to be called Bit by 8-Bit. Because I was born in the 8-bit era. My NES was my first, my first system. And I grew up on Mario. It is something that will always mean something to me. And it's always going to be important to me. Metroid is my favorite franchise of all time. And it always will be. I love other games, but nothing touches a Metroid game. So I hope for my own self and for the industry that Nintendo is going to be successful with this I like the name I like the concept I'm not scared right now like some people are I think this is smart I think they have a focused direction and that's the best thing that they can do is have a direction and go for it don't be afraid just go for it and and at least try because that's the thing I feel like they gave up on the Wii U. I feel like they've, they've they've been unsure about things for a while here, and this is that first bright light where it's like, okay, they have an idea. Let's run with this. I'm there to support Nintendo. I'm a Nintendo fanboy for life, and uh, I can't wait to hear more about the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, the only thing
0: I really have to say is for anybody out there that is kind of... Um, I don't want to say hating on it, but I'm not so sure. Think of it more as a mobile console that you can basically use as a home console. Because if you look at it that way, kind of the point that Xander was making is it makes sense. I feel like it's something that the industry is missing. Nintendo's always been huge in the mobile gaming World, They've always led that, and that's that's their role. So if we want to see them continue to be part of the big three, this would be huge for gaming itself, being able to have a mobile device that you can utilize as a home console and has that bring-back-to-the-couch feel where you can get together with friends, play games, enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah. Great point. Hashtag PlayStation for life. (laughs) 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 All right, well... Thanks for tuning in to a very special episode of the Gamezilla podcast. We will call this episode Oh, Dear God. Ah. <laughs> um, we do want to make a little plug that we will be having some special guests on our next episode, episode uh, 128. And that will be two girls, one controller. Uh, they will be joining us. Two models, one controller. Two models, one controller. I am so sorry. Well, that's yeah. their that's their Instagram, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's
0: different other places. Okay, all right. I'd never paid attention to be honest. You, guys <laughs> yeah. should probably do that.
1: So we came across, um, we came, we found them, and they they do a lot of really cool cosplay, and uh, they reached. It was it was odd. I, I we found them. We're like, oh, they got they do some real cool nerdy cosplay, and, and you know, uh, and then they reached out to us, asking us about the podcast. So we're like, why don't you come on as a guest? So they talked it over. They will be joining us. Um, and that will be this coming episode coming up uh, next Tuesday. You'll be able to listen to it. So yep. they'll be calling in. It'll be a, a remote session, and we'll be talking a little bit about them, a little bit about cosplay, uh, and and what got them into it. Um, so they have a pretty big following here in the well, they have a big following, but they also are from Michigan, which is also the another reason why we thought this was cool. So we want to be able to uh, you know cross promote with them a little bit, and that that's. Uh, Really cool. Yeah, so super excited. So make sure to check out next episode next Tuesday on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Play, and, uh, of course, MotorCityGaming.com. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure to let us know what you think of the Nintendo Switch. And, um, you know, maybe you're happy. Maybe you hate it. Maybe you don't care. I don't know, but we want to hear it. We want to let you know. And hit that subscribe button. Hit that heart. Hit that emoji. Whatever it is, help us out. Tell a friend about this show if you like listening to us because we're trying to grow. We're trying to expand. And uh, everything that you guys do helps us a ton. So we appreciate all your support.
0: If there's anything that you guys feel is big like this, we obviously are going to try to do these kind of like mini in-between shows for all of the major gaming news that come out. But if there's anything that kind of hits your heart and you feel like we should do a special episode on, maybe there's something that you just feel like we kind of hit the mark or didn't hit the mark and you want us to do our research and kind of do a special segment. Let us know. We will look it over, decide if it is something that needs to be touched, and then we could possibly do a lot more of
1: these kind of mini shows in the future. There you go, yeah. So we're looking to expand on shows. If there's something that you think um, you want to hear more, maybe it's a uh, League of Legends specials or Destiny specials, things like that. Do a uh, League of Legends special? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. I don't know who that was, but we should probably do one. <laughs> Anyways, just chime in, and we will, uh, you know, we'll schedule them in. But uh, and lastly, I just want to want to remind everybody: tune in Tuesday. Two models, one controller. Katie and Haley will be joining us on the GameZilla Podcast, Episode One Twenty Eight. All right, we want to thank our sponsor, Detroit Beard Collective. They uh, they sponsor all of Motor City Gaming, and we just want to thank them, remind you that if you have facial hair and you want it to look the best it can, you need to head over to Motor City Gaming, <laughs> MotorCityGaming.com, go to our sponsor page, <laughs> click on DetroitBeardCollective.com, or just go to DetroitBeardCollective.com. Check out all their great products: beard elixir, beard wax. Uh, they got be- you know beard shampoo. I use it all. I love it. They got some great scents and they're great pricing. Uh, you can set up a beard crate so you can get monthly supplies uh, and use the code MCGAMING at checkout. And you will receive 20% off all orders over $25. And they also have holiday specials coming up. So if you know someone with a beard and you're looking for something special, check this website out. They have some really cool metal and wooden combs, all sorts of cool stuff that you could get for, uh, you know, stocking stuffers and all that other good stuff. Best gift you can get the bearded person in your life. That's right. So thanks, Detroit Beard Collective. We love you. So, all right, guys, until next time. Game Game on. on!